Are we recording? Yeah. Oh. You can always delete it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the pre-show. His name is Greg. My name is Kareem. You shared a video today. What was it? The lead singer of Kiss? Yeah, it was Paul Stanley. Of, yeah. So Paul Stanley's hair was on fire and he kept on playing. He didn't know his hair was on fire. It's not his real hair. He knew his hair was on fire, I'm Did sure. He? Yeah, he just didn't skip a beat. I don't think he's so. Like, he's like, my hair is on fire. Stop, as we'll as Jennifer Johnson said, you know, that wasn't the roadie's first pyro rodeo. Yeah. He just came out and casually started patting it down and then the fire extinguisher came out. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they put the fire out and Paul just kept singing. Yeah. All right. As if nothing happened. As if nothing happened. Yeah. yeah. That's rock and roll. It's rock and roll, baby. That's the way I like it. Or that's I don't want to live forever. And, that's what rock and roll used to be. Yeah. Way back when. Listen, why don't you tell everybody who's in the bar with us right now? Because you're, you're a right huge now, curling fan. John Epping is in the bar. John, John Epping is in the house. He's in the Epping bar. He's in the Epping John bar. Epping. Yeah, he's uh, John. ranked number one in the Do world right now. you think right I now. sit down? Have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. <laughs> we're doing, we're doing a seat. the pre-show. We're, we're doing, doing a pre-show. show. We're doing a pre-show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Have a seat. Okay. The number one ranked. Congratulations. Number two. Number two. Careful. Careful. Oh. I was going to say number Sorry. one ranked in Ontario. Uh, oh, did, yeah. Did you win Ontario? <laughs> <laughs> I was just hoping you were going to say number one ranked in the world, but we're number two ranked in the world. I thought, I thought you were yeah. number one ranked in the world. We were for a while, but uh, uh, this team from northern Ontario uh, are pretty hot. So I guess actually we aren't the best team in Ontario. Oh my goodness! Yeah, no, and the Briar—it's kind of weird. They split up. They split up Ontario into Northern Ontario and Ontario. But yeah, yeah. That, well, listen, yeah. thanks for for agreeing to come on our pre-show. <laughs> you're, 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 you're welcome. Did you watch any of the NBA All Star Game? Uh, you know what? I didn't. I didn't not either. So. By no, the way, okay. it this was is going well. Not, yeah, you're just looking for <laughs> it. Was it was an awesome tournament? I'm telling you. It was the best basketball. The best tournament you've ever seen. Be- no, best basketball game. Oh, the game you've ever seen. I have yeah. ever Kelly, seen. Kelly said it was, she was watching it on her phone. Yeah. Like, as we were heading to bed. And it was like, she said it was like unbelievable, the excitement. And, it was. Uh, yeah. And the fourth quarter, yeah. they were playing for keeps. So they they were like, this is not just an all-star game, like who cares? It was like, Kyle Lowry is taking charges. You know, he's putting his body on the line for an all-star game. Wow, when you're that competitive, you, nobody nobody, nobody wants to lose. We yeah, we not hate, even an all-star. I think you hate yeah. losing. Yeah, yeah. But, but in an all-star game, it's like, okay, let's give the ball to him. Let's see a dunk. Let's, yeah. let's, let's see the guy shoot a three-point from half court. But these guys were playing to win. It was awesome. Yeah, Pride, was, pride's a beautiful thing. It is, it is. So listen, you, you just won the Ontario. Yeah, the Ontario Provincial Playdown. Yeah, we okay. won a couple weeks ago. Awesome. So what's next? So we go to the Briar, which is the uh, kind of one of the big carrots in our sport, the, the Canadian yep. Championship. Yeah, and when not, is that? not too far. It's uh, end of end of February in, in Kingston, oh, Ontario. So what are you doing here? What am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, you should be practicing or <laughs> well, something. Yeah, I train train a bit. You know, I thought you know I thought I'd pop by Radical Road and, and have it have an epic ale. Have an of epic course. ale. Yeah. Um, okay, so end of Feb, you got the Briar. So what what does that mean? So so winning the Briar, coming second, coming third, like. What I love mean? his lack of knowledge. Of yeah, I it's girly. It's like, yeah. So, so did you say Breer? Is that what we call it? The Breer? I just, wait, I just right. can't wait to see how you're gonna how you're I'll, gonna spell it. I'll let you two white guys talk. How are you gonna spell it? Go, go ahead. 
Greg Cast. Go ahead. No, it's uh, you know what? Really, you only want to finish first. Is it the Olympics, right? Like it's the it's Olympic year, right? No, We're, well for for summer. For Olympics. summer, yeah. <laughs> you, you guys should try doing a sports show. <laughs> this is not a, this is a music show, not a sports show. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is the summer. It is the Summer Olympics. So summer Olympics. 20, 2022 <laughs> is the uh, Winter Olympics. So curling's played on uh, on ice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cold. It's cold. It's cold out there. It's more of a winter thing. Yeah. All right, that was John Epic. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Anytime, so Briar, guys, so Briar is like the Canadian Championships. Yeah, it's yeah. our it's our big national championship. Winner represents uh, Canada at the at the world at championship. The world. And so, yeah, you'll have uh, pretty much your top sixteen teams in Canada playing off to uh, to win. And only one Canadian team is allowed to go to the worlds. Or only one can. Yeah, it, that's what's what's uh, you know wild about uh, about curling is, I think right now there's the top four teams in the world are Canadian. So Jeez. it's 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 and tough. It's one almost of them can go. exactly. It's harder to win our national championship yeah. than it is. Uh, than it is, it is a world championship. There's a lot of yeah. You you kind of feel probably more excited when you win your Canadian championship just with uh, with how good the field is. Yeah, cool. Well, listen, we're sitting in the bar, so let's stop talk curling. Yeah, your ale. You've got an ale named after you. Yeah, epic ale. So tell us about how this came along. What does your ale represent? I I don't drink, so I have no clue. About any of this, you so. had some whiskey when we were here yeah. a bit back. You had a little sniff I of probably, that, yeah, but it burned my throat. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah. Well, Epic Ale started with uh, you know with one of the partners at Radical Road Brewery yeah. in uh, in Leslieville, and and he's a he's a big curler uh, himself, and he thought that hey, why not let's uh, let's do a beer after you. So that was it. Yeah, that was that was it. I said I, you know, it was one of those conversations. We we're like, oh, maybe maybe it'll happen. Sure, and and uh, actually, a couple months later, we uh, we were trying to. Trying a few ales and, and found one that uh, that suited uh, the brand. Yeah. So okay. So tell me about the brand and tell me about the taste. So it's when you look at the uh, well, it's a light lagered ale. So I you know usually when you say you know it's a you know it's a crappery, they're they're worried about it being too hoppy. But uh, you know your average beer drinker that uh, that likes a lighter yeah. a lighter drink uh, or lighter beer can can have this. And uh, it's when you look at it, you'll see that it is a it is a curling ring. There's there's curling rings on it. Uh, a kind of a silhouette of of my uh, of oh, my delivery so at the top. Yeah. And and if you in the can, and the, the name is spelt. Uh, Epic with two P's. Uh, don't worry, we can spell, but my last name is Epic with two P's. So we, we kind of went, uh, we kind of went that road. This past weekend, interviewed by Bob Weeks. Yes. Tell me about the conversation. How did it go? How, how comfortable were you? How amazing was it to talk to him about your story and, and curling in general? Yeah, well, the, the, you know, the, the first thing is Bob. Bob Weeks is a professional, and he's uh, really, really respectable uh, when it uh, respectful when it comes to uh, to something subjects such as uh, being gay in sport. Yeah, and that was what the main thing around uh, around the interview was, and, and you know how well it was received when when I decided to come out uh, uh, amongst the uh, the other athletes, which. I guess now it's been eight eight years. Yeah. Um, so we just touched on that, and and you know you know why the need, and and why did I feel the need to tell my story, um, and yeah, it was. Uh, I, I hope the I hope people really like the interview, and hopefully it answers some questions that I I know a lot of people have have asked me on on mm. social media or or maybe questioned mm-hmm. um, why I would do something uh, such as coming out to uh, to the public. Yeah. Um, but it. Uh, no, so it's it's just important because there's a lot of kids and youth that yeah. are struggling to to come out and, and tell their family and friends. And I've gotten a ton of messages about uh, kids 
trying to tell their teammates. Yeah. And hmm. how do how do you tell them? And, and being nervous about it, or um, you know, I I, t- I told the story in the interview, which you'll you'll see about an older gentleman. I was signing autographs, and he came by, and he just you know kind of got emotional and said, "I came out because you told your story." Whoa. Hmm. So I mean, when you can have that little bit of an impact, and a I mean, curling is a smaller pond, yeah. but uh, if you sure. if, if you know curling. You know, you would know my name, and and so to be able to have that that impact, and you know, as an athlete in the, in curling is, I, I think it's really important, and I think I have an obligation to do that as an athlete. That's awesome. It, so I know you guys are athletes, but a long a long time ago, <laughs> but 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 are you really? <laughs> but like a long time ago, um, there was a perception that you know these aren't necessarily athletes; they're just throwing a rock down the ice, and you, you go back and forth throwing stuff. But tell me about your because you've you, you've you've told us off off air, off tape about your training regimen. Like this is like serious training. Tell me about tell me about that. Yeah, I think like probably ten years ago, uh, curling changed. Yeah. Uh, kind of like golf did for a long time, you know. And, and then all of a sudden, Tiger came around and changed like the whole fitness side of golf. Mm. And that that kind of happened in uh, that kind of happened LA? in curling. <laughs> right, go ahead. Where are we? <laughs> Something happened. Here. Sorry, apparently I didn't like that answer. Um, so yeah, and, and curling kind of had the same transformation about ten years ago. And yeah. and uh, you know the the ladies and guys they they uh, kind of started to really take fitness to uh, an all time high and. And what what I've noticed now at, at 36, it's you're a little older in sport, but it's still mm. it's still great to be able to be somewhat in my in my mm. prime. I would you know I would like to to think and um, but now at, at this point it's all about maintaining maintaining the physical side, the movement, the mobility. Yeah, uh, you do need some mobility and flexibility when you when you throw a rock. So the longer sure. I can do that and, and maintain it, the the longer career I have and a chance to chance to still win lots. Hopefully, that is awesome. And you 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 also coach. Yes. Is, now, is it, do you coach the Canadian women's team or some another national? I do work with a team actually from Northwest Territories. Okay, yeah. Um, and I've worked with them for uh, for about four years now, and and you know they're having some some good success. They just lack lack coaching up there, and so it was it was nice to be involved. Um, and then I also have uh, been hired by a, a sports bureau in China, and they've uh, asked me to yes. to train uh, twenty um, athletes from all other sports. Funny, we were talking about bocce. Some of them are bocce ball players, oh, yeah. and they've, uh, you know, they, they've asked me to try and make them the best in the world. So it's been a, a neat little project I'm doing with another Canadian coach, and trying to, you know, starting from scratch. Really, these curlers are, you know, they're, what they're doing or these athletes are doing is based on kind of how we see the gamer. Uh, so it's gonna be, it's gonna be really neat. So we're about, uh, we're about 14 months in, and and they're they're pretty darn good. I'm glad I'm gonna retire and. You know, not maybe in three, four, five years. So, well, that what is there like? Is there a goal for twenty twenty two with this, or the, is the it more twenty twenty six or what? Yeah, the original goal was twenty twenty two for them, yeah. but then we we had to try and make you know make the, the Chinese sports bureau realize that uh, that's pretty quick <laughs> to get uh, these athletes ready. So we said this really strong chance for twenty twenty six, which is what we we think their their main goal will be and, and be part of their national team. But they're they're, they're already being looked at by some of the uh, the national team coaches in China so it's uh, it's fantastic it's it's been a really great opportunity for me to because uh, there's not not a lot of money in curling so we uh, we all have other jobs and have to look uh, for other ways to uh, mm-hmm. you know to, to make a living listen thanks so much for uh, for coming <laughs> here when I yelled your name the show. So very <laughs> random you. And, uh, <laughs> you know but no. but I, I will ask you to put you on the spot or, other, or otherwise that you know after the briar after 
the worlds or what it, whenever after you train China and the Northwest Territories, if you ever you got admitted, would love to like a, a long sit down. That would be awesome. I would, I would love to. Uh, I would love to do that. To, awesome. and come back and see you guys for sure. Perfect. We, we might Thanks. be a little more structured in the yeah, questions. We'll have. Hey, no way. I'll watch, like a, cur- I'll watch a curling game. All good. Game is yeah. it a game? Yeah. It's, All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Keep talking about sports, guys. Okay. <laughs> Let's go back to the music. Hi. The following podcast is brought to you by Radical Road Brewery, the best craft beer in the heart of Leslieville. Find them at 1177 Queen Street East. That's Radical Road Brewery. Hey, this is Greg Nisbet uh, with Radio Mogul by Mediazoic, Canada's artist-friendly music and technology company. Welcome to the music. I feel like I should do the music. Sir. I just feel like, thanks for coming in, buddy. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) So for people listening, to the left of me is Greg with with one G at the end. And to the right of me is Greg with two Gs or two Gs here. Two G, Greg. Three Gs over here. It gets gets confusing. Um, Or we can say Greg, my cousin-in-law, and Greg, my friend. So, is so, that what we are, cousin and cousins in law? I guess it, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. your brother is married to my cousin. Yeah. Okay, that works. Cousin in yeah. law works. Sure. Twice removed. I don't know what yeah. it is. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. We're family. We're family. We are family. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only reason we're doing this podcast, Greg. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Grandma asked. Grandma asked. Can you please have him on the show? <laughs> Everybody else, you asked. No. Okay. <laughs> So I want to get into Mediazoic. Wanted to okay. want, want to get into. Uh, um, I was going to say Tube Mogul. That's a different company. Um, Radio Mogul. But, I know uh, those Tube Mogul guys actually. You do? Yeah, he's okay. he's did, doing very very well. He's yeah. done very well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I met him at a conference last year. Some some conference. I can't remember where it was. I used CBC to use Tube Mogul faithfully for all my video distribution. Yeah. Back like oh eight. Look at that. I know we talked to them when I was at Flight Center about doing some of our video distribution. We didn't end up going with them. We went with another yeah. one. But, yeah, no, I understand they're doing great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. How, how does a guy who's in pre-law <laughs> get into the tech side of music? Oh, it's a very roundabout does, uh, way. Yeah, Pre-law was a very, very long time ago. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, like 30 years kind of thing. How did – so you, you left – you graduated. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. I did. Yes. Three days after my graduation, I didn't stick. I didn't even stick around to graduate to get my diploma or anything. I took off and started traveling the world. Actually, that's that was. Uh, was it one of those things? I'm going to go, go find myself. I'm going to take a. This is my year sabbatical. And actually, was no. I, I was. Um, I was going to do three months in Europe, backpacking around Europe. Saved. Saved. Had saved up enough money, and I uh, was going to go to law school in the fall. Actually. Oh yeah, but it was like six years later. Mm-hmm. That's about that's what happened. Yeah. Where, where did you go? Oh, uh, lots of places. I started in Europe. Um, ended up instead of doing three months there, did I don't know, like six months hitchhiked. You know, at the time that was possible. that was possible and and Safe fun enough, and, yeah. and, and and great. Um, lived on a kibbutz for a bit in uh, in Israel. 
Um, what is that? A, a kibbutz? Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of a communal. <laughs> Greg's looking at uh, <laughs> at Korean funny. Um, Do you know what that is? I know. I know it's. It's communal. It's a communal <laughs> society um, in in Israel. Um, it's a commune, basically. Yeah. But you, but usually they're geared towards an industrial end. So, for example, um, for example, this one made uh, furniture. There was a furniture factory, and oh. but but you all live. You know, you live in in communal um, housing. You eat at a in a you know communal area. So it's a it it, it is a communal it's communal life yeah um i don't know when they started back back in israel but you know back when i went through there it was kind of a thing to do and uh you didn't have to pay which was great um you know for a young traveler and so on at the time uh yeah so i i did a kibbutz um then i ended up down in africa i hitchhiked my way from the south to the north of of africa jeez yeah spent a year there did some work along the way. Uh, yeah, worked uh, worked as a safari guide. Worked uh, as did some construction uh, in a um, in a tourist camp on the Alcavango Delta in Botswana. Lots of fun stuff. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Lived in England for a year. Yeah. Lived in London for a year, and then lived in uh, Japan for three years. Okay. Yeah. Where where what came first, the technology or the music? Oh, music, yeah. music, music, for sure, for sure. Yeah, music f- for me was, uh, I was always a music fanatic all the way from when I, we, we talked on your last show uh, briefly about uh, discovering music when I was, you know, like like any kid, I guess, when I was 12 or 13 uh-huh. and uh, and just falling in love with it. And, and by the time, well, what really, really sealed the deal for me musically was, I told you I lived in London, England for a year. The place I lived was kind of another, uh, I, I feel a theme emerging here, kind of another co- commune, communal living space. <laughs> it was actually a squat, kind of a squat I feel in like London. I want to come visit your home. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot, of, a lot of knickknacks there. But the, um, the person that owned the place um, ha- was a record collector and had collected something like, I think it was ten or 12,000 um, vinyl records over the years, Jeez. and so basically that whole year that I lived in London, when I wasn't working, I was I was a bartender. I was listening to records, hmm. and you know, for a kid that grew up in Mississauga, listening to Q107, which was great. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, for me, it was a real musical awakening because this had this. He just had everything. He he knew he knew blues, he knew jazz, he knew everything, and so I just spent that whole year listening. Working through his vinyl collection, basically. That is crazy. That's cool. Did you play it all? Like, did you pursue anything within music during that time? <laughs> Are you asking that knowing the answer? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I thought maybe I'd told you that story. So I, I was a busker in, in London. Okay. Uh, and in and then later in Tokyo, Japan, uh, I played guitar and sang. Yeah. And. Uh, the the uh, my busking career ended when uh, one night in uh, in Japan I was I was playing, I was busking in uh, Ikebukuro Station, which anybody who knows Tokyo might might know. And a guy came up to me. He was quite drunk, a Japanese guy, and he waved a Ichiman note in my face, which is basically a hundred dollar bill. And he 
And he said, do you want this? I said, yes, because <laughs> I didn't have much money at the time. And he said, you have to listen to my advice. I said, okay. He says, uh, number one, you have a beautiful white soul singing voice. I said, okay, thank you very much. Number two, your guitar playing is the worst I've ever heard. <laughs> he says, don't ever play guitar again. <laughs> so that was pretty much the end. And I listened to him. It's really? Yeah. You got yeah. the hundred. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so Jeez. I kind of quit, quit my musical um, pursuits at that time. Not oh. that I, I was really just doing it. For the money. For the money and, and just for fun. It was fun. You know, I, that for me at, at that time in my life. You know, standing in a subway station, uh, singing and playing guitar was fun. Jeez. Holy crap. I don't know if I could ever do that. That's amazing. When Apparently it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, your voice was. Your voice was. Thank you. Yeah. Your voice was. Yeah. Um, you went to start and you sold like two education companies? Uh, yes. Yeah? Yes. Uh, English as the second language schools. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When I finished my travels, yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do, and I had taught some English in, in Japan. You know, that was the thing to do at the time, and um, came home with came home married, and Jeez. yeah, <laughs> met met my met my wife that, in in you Japan. Spent all of that hundred bucks. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> And didn't know what I was going to do. Had had taught English in Japan, and looked around here here in Canada. Found found a job, you know, teaching ESL, and kind of thought, you know what, I should I could do this as a as a business as a school. And yeah. I, and I always had that kind of entrepreneurial um, urge, and so uh, talked to my dad. Board a little bit of money to, to start things up and uh, st- started an, an English as a second language school huh. and then started another one um, a number of years later. Where does Mediazoic fit in? Like, when does that start? What, like, the idea of it even? The idea started uh, in two, uh, two distinct points. Uh, do you remember Yahoo Messenger and you know the the course, instant yeah. messenger programs yeah. that used to be very popular yeah, yeah, yeah. before Facebook chat and all that? Yeah. Um, the big one I think that most people use there was MSN Messenger, but a lot of people use Yahoo Messenger. Yeah. And I remember chatting with a friend of mine down in cent- who lives down in Central America, who who I'd met traveling one day, and she lived down in Belize. She still does. And we were, we we were kind of catching up. We hadn't spoken in a long time. She was a real music lover. I, I of course, was a mu- real music lover. And it occurred to me, and it occurred to her. It kind of occurred to both of us simultaneously that you know, if if we were, you know, I think I was sitting in my backyard or whatever by the pool or something. And and it occurred to me that if if we were actually talking face to face. What, what would we do if we hadn't seen each other in a while? We'd put on some music, right? And then we'd mm-hmm. chat. You know, we'd have a drink of wine, have a glass of wine or a beer or something like that. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if, and this was, you know, again, Instant Messenger, iTunes was the, you know, was, was, the, was the predominant way of listening to music. Now this was a little bit post-Napster. Yeah, you know? so, so the whole online music space didn't exist. Didn't, didn't exist. There, there was no Spotify. Nothing. Nothing. There was no Spotify. There was no. 
Nothing. It was, it was really, you know, if you, if you wanted to buy an album, you'd go to iTunes. Yeah. Uh, buy it for 10 bucks or something like that or 99 yep. cents a single. Yep. Or you'd go to the Napsters yep. of the world. Yep. You know, um, LimeWire. LimeWire. Yep. Oh, yeah. Groove, yep. Groove Shark, maybe? Groove Shark. Uh, Groove Shark was actually kind of a legitimate um, there you go. service. Yeah. yeah. Sort of. Yeah. When did it become uh, after. But, but but that's how people digitally were sharing music. They were they were sharing files. acquiring music. Yeah, acquiring music. Yeah, right. Exactly. Someone would buy a CD and transfer it on Rip the computer it. and share it. Yeah, sure. Yep. So that was the music. That was the that was lay the online, of the land. That was the online music scene. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so. And so I kind of thought, wouldn't it be cool if there was a way to do that using technology to replicate the experience I had with my friend of being able to just kind of hang out and listen to music together? It was that simple. Yeah. At that time, I was doing some consulting for a software company. And All right. Uh, so, so the reason I mentioned that is that I had access to some developers, some software developers. And... Uh, so I, I went to one of them and I said, wouldn't it be cool if we could do this? And Could you build something like that? And he said, well, I can certainly try. And that was kind of the first iteration uh, of, the, um, of the technology side. Around the same time, um, I make a lot of midlife crisis jokes around the starting of, of Mediazoic because um, it was right around my 40th birthday. And my wife said to me, what do you want to do for your 40th? You know, big, big event for a, for, for a guy, the 40th birthday. Yeah. I had kids, you know, I have, I have kids. My kids were still pretty young at the time. Mm-hmm. I was really in full dad mode, you know, and, and building a, a business, a, a ESL business. And the, um, I said, well, you know, I used to go to music festivals a lot when I was in my 20s. What I'd love to do, this 40-year-old guy... For the inaugural Virgin Music Fest in Toronto was taking place the weekend of my 40th birthday, yeah. early September. And um, so I said, you know what I'd really like is y- you take care of the kids for the weekend, you know, I said to my wife, and I'm just going to go to the festival and just, you know, disappear into a festival for a couple of days like the old days. She said, you got it. I'll, I will yeah. Take care of the kids, get your tickets, let's do it. And and I had such a you know I had such an amazing experience there. I, I I kind of decided, even though I'm doing okay and making a good living at what I'm doing, I, I really feel like I want to devote the rest of my life to something to do with music. Mm-hmm. And so those two things, me talking with my friend o- over Instant Messenger and going to the festival, kind of happened at the same time. And that was the that was the beginning of of getting me started on on trying to build something so you wanted uh, uh and i don't think apps were not a, a thing then but you wanted sort of a site a, a tool i'll tell you what we built it was amazing yeah the um so what would happen is i don't know if you remember how yahoo messenger or those chat things worked You'd have your network of people. Well, like Facebook chat or something works now. You know, you can see all your network of people and who's online, right? Yeah. Well, what we did was we built a little um, hack where if you were, if if I was playing my iTunes, okay, which is what everyone was using to play music at the time, and 
let's say the three of us were all online, you guys were both in my chat network, you could not only see what I was playing on my iTunes in as my status message in Yahoo Messenger, you could click on it, and in your browser on your computer, a, a browser would open with a real-time stream to my sound card. It would, and it would show the album art. It would show lyrics to, to, the, to the music. It was amazing, if I may say so myself. Wow. And so that's what the guy built for me. Wow, that's, yeah. It was, I have to say, it was revolutionary yeah. at the time. I mean, that's what, that's what the, the Spotify experience. Well, it's what, turn, do you remember Turntable FM? Turntable FM uh, came around like late 2000, like I'm going to say 2009, 2010, made a big splash yep. for a couple of years. That was pretty much exactly what Turntable FM did. Huh. We did it uh, a number of years earlier. The problem is, again, setting the tone for where we were in the music business at the time. Yeah. I'll never forget, I had a, a very high-level music industry. I may as well see who it is. Bob Ezrin, uh, producer of Pink Floyd, Alice Cooper, mm-hmm. Peter Gabriel, etc., he, he saw the demo, and uh, he, he says, this is amazing. But if, if you're smart, what you're going to do is you're going to move your lovely family to, like, the Cayman Islands or something. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to do it here because you're going you're gonna to be in deep trouble. I said, no, 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 no. I'm a music guy. I'm, I want to do this legitimately. You know, this is, is going to be my, my big thing. He thought you were doing another Napster. Yes, he did. Uh, that, okay. That's pretty much what he said. How do, you, so, how do you even get in touch with Bob? Like, what do you do? You send him a note saying, hey, check out what I've built? That's a whole other story. Uh, but, yes, basically, <laughs> I talked myself into a free trial. Um, there was, there's a celebrity database that still exists, actually, that you have to pay a lot of money to access. Okay. I, I called them up, and I said, you know, I'm this guy doing this thing and so on. Could I get a f- free trial? They said, sure, we'll give you a 48-hour free trial. Well, you that was like that a, database letting the k- kids into the candy nothing. store. Yeah. yeah. So, But actually what I did, I had a very targeted approach because I didn't have a lot of time. I picked the top dozen people on my list that I thought in the music business that I thought would get what maybe what I was doing. Yeah. And I just reached out to all of them. And Bob got back to me in literally an hour. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. And he, this was, you know... Um, he was living in Nashville at the time, and he said, I'm going to be in Toronto next Tuesday. you want to meet? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Do I want to meet? <laughs> yes. So, you know, that went well. And, and, but So what happened was I said, no, I'm going to do this legitimately. So I went, I set up meetings with uh, all the major labels, uh, and I'll never forget sitting in the uh, boardroom of I won't say who it was. One of the major labels here in Canada. Sony. Showing, showing them a demo. Yeah. And uh, showing them the demo. And the, guy, the head of um, business development looks at me and goes, Greg, I got, I got a couple comments for you. He says, number one, this is amazing. This is really, really cool. Yeah. Number two, we will never, ever, ever license this. Ever. It's it's this this is like this is like Napster on steroids, you know, because not only is it, you know, not only do we not know how to measure it, but it's real time. Like you're talking about people's sound cards. There's not even a file here, right? This is this is actually, you know, somebody else listening in real time to 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 somebody else's sound card. They said yeah. we will never license this. Go away, leave us alone. Go to the Caymans. 
boot up your servers. <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So then I had to completely re- we had to completely rebuild it. That's when I went out and raised 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 our uh, some seed capital, and uh, and used that to rebuild the system. So instead to of, their specifications. Yeah. So instead of people sharing. You wanted to build it where the music would be housed in a central location. Well, I didn't want it. I didn't oh, want to do I that. See. But but that's what that if 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 there was any chance that I was going to be legitimate and have it licensed, yeah, then I would have to I would have to build something that yes, first of all was asynchronous as opposed to synchronous. In other words, didn't happen in real time. So yeah, you had to upload it to the cloud. It had to be encrypted, and then. Somebody could access it, and that's when we're talking like the Spotify and track and model, measure bold and, and, and measure and, and, and paid out royalties and, and sure exactly yep, yep. exactly. Okay, so yeah, so what's like what's next? You start to build this thing. You raise some money, hire some engineers, yep, some smart people, yep, uh, to build this thing out. Yep. Next, what's what what happens now? We built it. We rebuilt okay. it, and um, the. Then started negotiating uh, content deals, you know, with the record labels. Going back to them, okay, now we going back to them, saying, okay, here's what we're doing. Um, You know, is this better? (laughs) Did you ever think of going back to? um, You you haven't confirmed it, but I'm just saying, going back to Sony and saying, hey, it was actually multiple labels, multiple labels. I I went to multiple labels, and I basically had the same same response. Yeah. Did you ever think of going to them and saying, hey, why don't we partner? Absolutely. On this. So you Absolutely. Guys, you guys throw an X percentage? Well, no, actually, and we, no. And we that, all own it. No, that's a very good question. Yeah. And the answer is no, because they're all, you know, I was talking to the Canadian arms. Ah, no and, power. And, right. They can't make those kind of decisions. Yeah. And so that would have been a whole other thing for me to, you know, book trips to New York and L.A. and London at the time where EMI was. And that wasn't. That wasn't going to be in the cards. I mean, it's a whole other level when you're when you're talking globally to head office. Yeah. So the answer is no. I didn't really do okay. that. All right. I, I probably I don't remember. I probably hoped maybe they would pick up the ball on that. Yeah. The the one good thing about Canada as a as a small market in the music business, especially at that time, you it can be used as a test. You know, as a pilot. Mm. So I guess part of my pitch was. You know, let's use it as Trial a pilot here, and then right. Yeah, yeah. it, it kind of runs a bit separately anyway. They didn't. They didn't go for that. When you um, when you rebuilt it, you go back to the record companies. You're negotiating with them. Like, are, are, are how much were you finding you were, you know, tripping over the publishers versus the record company? Like, I know, like it's just such a. I've tried to work out kind of not. To what you're doing, but other kinds of deals, and it can be impossible. It's a, it's massively, massively complex, yeah. as you say, Greg. And massively complex. Uh, I, I just kind of learned as I went along, yeah. and and as it as it ended up, we we ended up negotiating the template agreement that was used by everybody coming into the market afterwards. Yeah. Apple, Spotify, that was all negotiated by me. And there's a template agreement that exists. And and it's it's not not that much different from what it was uh, back then. Interesting. That is crazy. Yes, it is. Because I remember when you started, I go, "There's nothing like this," and like all of a sudden now, people are utilizing. Well, I'll never forget. Back to Bob Ezrin for a second. Yeah. After 
after we had our initial chats, and, and as I said, he loved it, he said to me, when would this have been? Again, maybe 2007 or eight. He said to me, Greg, have you ever heard of a company called Spotify? I said, no. They were they were just starting in Sweden at the time. He says you should watch you should you should watch what they're doing, and I'm like yeah yeah whatever I, I I'm too busy for that, <laughs> and I'll never forget he it, Bob Ezrin called Spotify you know he he knew Spotify was something interesting uh, early like wow. uh, very early, wow yeah, and I don't know how he knew I, I don't remember the conversation around it as I said I wasn't actually that interested. Some other in young about guy it. got 48 hours. To get yeah, that data yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look where he is now. Look where I am. But no, no. I mean, it's 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 all good. So you're you're you're. I guess this this would be iteration number two now. First one was, hey, look what Greg's listening to, you know, through IM. Um, iteration two is okay. Let's build this centralized platform. Um, what do you go to market? You 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 get the, you get all these deals. With the, all the record the, labels? The content deals. It took me two and a half years to get my deals in place, my content deals. That's great. Which basically allows you to do what? Legally. Have a streaming platform that, that I would call it a blanket license. In other words, basically play anything we want to play. Yeah. Or that our clients want to play. Yeah. Legally. So put, legally, pay, basically, legally. Which means people are getting paid. Be, right, yeah. paying royalties, yeah. reporting, yeah. etc. Because yes. I remember that was your big thing: artists getting paid, like artist friendly, artists getting paid. Why, yes. Why was that so important to you? As first off, as as a as a as a fan of music, but then as as a business owner. Well, it's not necessarily the smartest thing as a business owner. Okay. <laughs> just to be honest, All right. not, not not because not, and I have no regrets, but. You know, it complicates things uh, because you know y- you're you're getting a, ma- a certain amount of revenue or investment or whatever as a business, and that doesn't go very far. Yeah. And so, if to to, to try to commit to pay, the, the more people you try to commit to paying, the harder it's going to be. Let's put it. it that way. Uh-huh. But you made that decision. Why? Like, why? It was important to you at some level. Maybe I'm just not a good business person, you know. Okay. The the um, or or maybe I always saw it as a long game. Okay. You know, we're still we're st- it's still developing the new music business. Whatever it looks like is is constantly evolving. And if there's one thing I'm sure as sure about now as I was ten years ago when I started is the the artists slowly but surely are 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 getting are getting more control, are, are able to do more things, have more creative freedom. Now, I, I'm not saying that happens in every case, but there are more and more cases every year of, of artists that are becoming their own you know, independent They get their catalog publisher back or they, they retain ownership. Right, label right. And, yeah, I mean, they can make a good living. Easy, it's easier now than it ever was. I mean, I can't imagine if we had had this kind of distribution. I've mentioned this before when I was a musician back in the eighties and nineties. Like, we were making cassette tapes, trying to hawk it on Queen Street. That's how we were getting noticed. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Or at Lee's Palace. <laughs> yes. Like, I can't even imagine if we had had this kind of distribution that we have today. It, uh, exactly, and and so I, I guess I kind of bet. Plus, I'm just all of my a lot of my closest friends are artists, mm. and I I I. I 
I can't hang out with my friends if 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 I don't. Ah. You know, if I'm yeah. if I'm the guy if I'm the guy in the suit that. Uh, you know, that, 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 that's sure. right. That, yeah. That's a be, that's yeah, taking advantage of their art. It's a necessity of what you had to do. I, if, yes, it's for the long game, but it was a necessity to still be in it for the long game, right? Yeah. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're at we're at the stage of you you've you've got the technology, you've got the labels on board, you've got the license to to play music. Um, what comes next? Clients. Clients. Hopefully. Yeah. One of your first iterations, sorry for interrupting, yeah, one of your first no, iterations no. was be your own DJ or something like that. What was yeah. that? Tell yeah. me about that. Well, you know, we, we, we didn't really know who our customer was going to be. Okay. I, we, we, you know, there were business plans and there were, you know, there were, there was theorizing and we thought we might know where the money might come from. Is it going to be advertising? Is it going to be subscriptions? Is it... But you don't really know until you're out, out in the market trying to, trying to get, trying to monetize it, yeah. you know? And so just any, first of all, in the early days, it was, we'll talk to anybody who, who will listen. And the first person really that, that, express belief in the platform and became our first client and our first streamer and so on was Alan Cross. Oh. Yeah. And Alan Alan got it immediately and intuitively. He said, "My god, this is beautiful. I love it. Let's do uh, let's do a, let's do a top 11 show." That's right. Says, I I've been, that. Yeah. And, and and that was even in our beta. That was before we even launched that yeah. Alan was that Alan was doing that. And he totally got it. He totally got exactly what the what the power of of the platform was, how it should be used, etc. And so we did Alan's top eleven for you know five six years. Wow. And then and then we, we slowly started getting some um, the early the earliest type of client was venues. So we had Hughes Room, we did Hughes Room Radio, we did Cadillac Lounge, Cadillac Lounge Radio for a bit. But again, it's hard to it's hard to run a club. It's hard to run a restaurant. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to it's hard to find enough in your budget after you've paid your staff and you paid your rent and etc. to to pay for something that you may think is super cool, but that you probably don't need. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, Greg, you'd you'd mo- Greg on my right. You'd know more about this. So, like a place like this, right? They plug in their iPad. Or their phone, and they go through like a Spotify playlist or whatever, iTunes. La 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 la. la. Right, and they press play. I, 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 I don't go into too much detail because you know. Right, or, or, I, I mean that's not, what a lot not, of places. Not all do. businesses, yeah, do music properly. So, so uh, Steve, yes, one of the owners, yeah, yeah. one of my very good friends, yes. He's a musician. Yes. Okay. So this place. Okay. So this good. place is legit. <laughs> they pay their soaking. I, I, see, I knew where you were going with you that. You know where like, I'm going. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, so, yeah. Yeah. so they no they pay. Sorry, they I, pay. I don't know the folks here. Yeah, yeah. But no, yes, totally yeah. cool. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah I mean, you're right though. There's a lot of. Yeah. The reason I was saying la 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 <laughs> is that uh, not every business, um, yeah. with the yeah. exception of excellent businesses like yeah. this one, yeah. Yeah. like Radical Road Brewing, um, <laughs> is not not all of them do what they're supposed to do in terms of background music. Yeah. So. You're not just allowed to plug in your iPad or your Spotify playlist, and unless you're reporting that to to, yeah. to, the, to the royalties. To and is that, is that sort of where you guys wanted to fit in? Like you'd be that 
you know, before there was a Spotify and all this sort of stuff. No, no. The way we got into that business, that's that's my core business now. That's, that's your core business that's, now. That's almost all of our revenue comes from that. But okay, how did we get into that? Yeah. The um, CEO of Quesada Burritos. Yeah. Who I think they were eight locations in the GTA at the time. They're now over 130 across Canada. Yeah. But he, I don't know if it was the CEO or the marketing guy. No, it would have been the marketing guy there. Said, hey, you know that cool kind of streaming thing you do? Could could we use that for our restaurants? It was like, how many restaurants you got? Yeah. You know, eight, eight or nine or whatever. I don't see why not. Yeah. And that was it. It was that simple. You know, it was uh, how much you're going to charge us. Um I don't know. <laughs> let me let me you know? let me get back to you. Yeah, let me get, exactly. Let me get back to you. That's how it started. Ah. And and that's how we you know that's how we got into that business. And, and, and what's interesting too is from looking at your model when you compare that to the Cadillac Lounge Radio or what that that makes more sense, right? When you talked about the one-off business, can they really afford this for their one bar? Mm. No, they can't. Whereas a franchise like that can. It makes more sense from a business perspective for them to brand their own radio for their multiple franchises or multiple restaurants. Absolutely. Or whatever. Yeah. I wish I'd realized that a little earlier yeah. on in the game, but that's you yeah. learn. Yeah, but, for sure. But you're exactly right, Greg. Yeah. That's exactly. I don't even. You know, I still get. We still get calls sometimes from mom and pops or individual places, yeah. and we don't even. We don't even bother. We just say we we don't we don't do that. Yeah. That is awesome. So that's that's where we are today. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, is that we're powering music. That that is fantastic. Where like you you you've you've I don't want to say you've been around for a while, but you've been around for a while. <laughs> yeah, and specific, I'm not young. And specific currently. in the music side, you're younger things, than right? I am. Thank you. I'm sure. Thank you very much. <laughs> and you've seen so many changes, and not just in sort of this online music streaming space. Uh, but in the whole business of music, the way artists make or don't make money. Uh, I should mention I, I do have other ventures. It's not just Mediazoic. So, yes, I, I, I see it from pretty much every angle. Yeah. Well, you've got the Hogtown Hang. Do the Hogtown Hang? What's, tell, tell us about that. Hogtown Hang is a one-day studio hangout for extraordinary musicians in and around the GTA. And we've done a couple of them. Haven't done one for a while, yeah. Because they, they they can be hard to do. Because w- what we do is during that uh, day, we try to do it in a studio, and we try to bring in some engineers, videographers, that type of thing. So you know, everyone's yeah. everyone wants to get paid, obviously, and um, so it it can be ch- challenging to organize. All these musicians wanting to get paid, eh? What the heck? Well, not just the musicians, <laughs> but the engineers, the videographers, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. What else? It's what an event. else? What else are you doing in the music space? I manage an artist. Okay. And I also uh, am a... Uh, Who do you manage? Uh, an artist called Celeste. Okay. She's... Uh, I swear to God, I thought you were about to say Saint. An she, artist called S- Celeste. Yeah. <laughs> she's right. very, very popular in China. Okay. Yeah. Um, she's based out of Toronto. She, she's from Singapore. Yeah. And she she sings in both Chinese, in, in Mandarin and, and in English. Yeah. That and seems to be the theme tonight is China. Oh, you've already had some China discussion? Curling. Yeah, John Epping, who joined us on the pre-show, 
That's right. He this coaches pre-show or the previous pre-show, but whichever he coaches the uh, Chinese uh, curling team. Oh, the, really? The, the That's pretty interesting. Team. Yeah. Oh, I definitely anyway, got to have I a just, brew with him. Yeah, no, yeah. not at all. So, in fact, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you the sc- a scoop on your show here. Yeah. That's our big move this year. Is Media Zoke's going into China? Oh. Wow. Yeah, but that's been that's been like two years in the works. That, that's a. Uh, How are amazing. those rights and? Exactly. Exactly. He's moving to the Cayman Islands. You had to so get the rights to, just to, to just to sort of go back to 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 Zog's business in Canada for a second. Yeah. We were later in the game in that business, yeah. and so. All of the a lot of the bigger players the, on retail and restaurants and so on were already sewn up by by the competition, you know. So ours tend to be smaller chains and so on, which are fantastic. I love my customers, yeah. and I, I think our customers love what we do for them. China is not like that at all. Uh, it's uh, it's still why it's still the wild west. It's wide open, and they're just. You know, they've just, in the last two years, really, made some major inroads on piracy. Mm-hmm. And and so, the one of the next um, phases of the development of the music industry there, in, in my opinion, and in the opinion of some people that I'm going to be working with, is, 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 is this kind of business, mm-hmm. is, is making sure that rights holders get paid right. when, when music yeah. is played in, in various environments. So I'm hoping to be on, on the earlier side there. These, cool. tra- these international travels have really helped you. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That is awesome. Okay, so you're going into China. You manage a Chinese, Canadian uh, Chinese artist. Yes, yes. Canadian Chinese artist. Yes. You got media. You got two mogul by Mediazoic. That's happening. Um, Radio mogul. Radio. What did I say? Yeah. Two mogul. Two, two mogul. That's okay. Yeah. There you go. Two moguls. Uh, we'll get you a pretty two, successful two company. Mogul. So. We'll get you two mogul money. Radio <laughs> yeah. mogul. Yeah. Um, but with all of this, it, it, I guess we started this part of the conversation on on all these changes that you've seen happen. Yes. Sorry. Um, got off track there. You know whether it's distribution, whether I mean everything. Um, what is what are if you were to sort of forecast and sit down? I guess what you, what you do with Celeste, like what do you tell her in terms of you know, outside of obviously writing good music and songs and things like that and performing? Like what sort of sort of advice do you give to her and other and you know if other people came knocking on your door on, on how you succeed in today's environment for an artist? You mean yeah yeah. I get that question a lot from artists, yeah. and certainly one of my core pieces of advice is go where your fans are. And it sounds... Like physically? Physically. Mm. Physically. Go yeah. where your fans are. Physically or digitally or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. go where your fans are. And, and I'll give you an example. You know, there's, there's so many... There's so many Canadian. I'll give you an, ex- an example of, a, of an artist that I who I love and you know who I who I who, who I talk to, to quite quite regularly. Her name's Anne Vreen. You say her name in in Canada and outside of you know some kind of music circles, nobody knows who she is. In Germany, everybody knows who she is. Wow. And 
you might say, well, that, that that's kind of weird. Well, it is weird. You know, she's for, she's based out of Edmonton. Nobody, she's she's been working the Canadian circuit for years and years and years. She's won awards. She's phenomenally talented. She makes great music. She's a great songwriter. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. She's never even made a dent here. Radio won't, t- you know, for the most part, won't touch her. In Germany, they love her. She's on her third tier this year there. She she sells out venues. She she's she's you know she sells more merch at a at a venue in Germany than she probably sells in a year in Canada. I'm I'm just you know that's yeah, an anecdotal yeah, yeah, observation, yeah, 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 but sure. so the point is oh well, but you know you're from Canada. No, go where your fans are, and and the great thing about the digital platforms, whether it's Spotify or SoundCloud or you know Apple Music or whatever, is that you can you can learn that. Yeah, that's interesting. I just yeah, right? goosebumps as you're saying that because I'm thinking from a data perspective. Absolutely, you can really start to key in and optimize and target. Yeah, exactly. You know, follow the data, and 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 what that means for for an artist's perspective is. Go where your fans are, whether it's the platform or, or the physical location. So you know what that and, means. And for develop, us? you know, develop your little bubbles of support. Yeah. So Tilston, you know what that you know what that means. Where we have to travel to now, Christchurch, New Zealand. Why yeah, are we big in Christchurch? For a some, lot of fans there. For some reason, we're getting tons of hits. <laughs> but that's exactly what I'm talking tons about. Of listeners from Christchurch. You know, and and non global a non global thinking. Let's say you're an artist in that yeah. case, right? You you might say, oh God, it's so far and it's so expensive and so on. Yeah, okay, but work it. You know, work it, work it, work it, work it until such time as it's going to be time to go there. Yeah, you know, and and that that to me is a is a, is a is a good strategy. Did you ever think or have this conversation with yourself? You know, after you see. You know this this brand that you heard years ago, Spotify, sort of like just take over and explode across the world. Did you ever think to yourself, or you know what, maybe I need to, you know, just shelve this thing and go do something else? Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, many times. <laughs> You've been talking to my wife. <laughs> did she did she put you up to that? She, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 chat. Um. Of course, yeah. We we were undercapitalized from the beginning, and that that we we can talk about whether that's a Canadian phenomenon. Yeah, hint it is. Yeah, especially in in media on, on the media mm-hmm. side. But um, I I just I I wake up every morning, Karim, and I love what I do. Yeah, and as long as as long as I can find a way to you know, uh, make the kind of living that I need to make to 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 take care of my responsibilities. Then I, I don't want to be doing anything else. Although that said, yeah, I'm I've got my hands in other stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that's partly that's partly from from creative impulse and just the way things go. But it's also it's also an investment. Yeah, yeah. yeah it could very well be that. Uh, you know, if I if I make my fortune, it's it's doing something completely. Di- you know, doing one of these other things that I'm doing. Who knows what China brings to you? China's very exciting. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I. It's giving me a chance to do things. To kind of have a do-over, 
Ah. Because, hmm. sure. you know, I was, I was just, I was so green and so naive when I first started Mediazoic that, uh, and I've learned so much since then, it, it's kind of giving me a chance to um, put in place what I've learned and, and not make some of the same, I'm sure I'll make plenty of mistakes, but sure. not make some of the same mistakes again. Absolutely. Want to wrap it up? What are you listening to these days? Oh, I should have been ready for that one. Yeah. <laughs> so on your way here, you drove here, you busted here, taxi, Uber. I, dro- I, I drove. I had yeah. some meetings uh, downtown today. I always, always love my man Julian Taylor. I've always got something of his on. You, do you know Julian? No. You know Julian Taylor, Julian Taylor Band, yeah. anything by Julian, whether it's solo or Julian Taylor Band. What kind of music are we talking about? Uh, they are. They call themselves the Pilgrims of Funk, Soul, and Roll, and they have a, you know, very very passionate following. They're based out of Toronto. Julian is a is an institution. He he came up when he was 19 years old. He signed with Warner. A band called Staggered Crossing. I don't know if that was if you ever heard of Staggered yep. Crossing. They they you know they toured Canada a couple times and uh, and then he went independent. He took some time off of music, went independent, and uh, is still making phenomenal music all the time. So I'll, I'll I'll shout that one out for sure. Awesome, Greg, man, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having us. me. It's Appreciate been it. uh, it's been great.